Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. I'm here to give you resources that'll make life with your cat more rewarding and, of course, behavior-free. And I'm doing this because Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions. And that's a nonprofit that I started. It's dedicated to reducing cat shelter euthanasia by correcting and preventing behavior issues in the home. So the whole idea is to intercept problems that you might be having now or that might develop in the future that might lead you to wanting to kick that cat out, either to the curb or to the shelter. We want to prevent that. We want your life to be just amazingly harmonic with your cat. And our resources at Cat Behavior Solutions include this radio show, Cat Talk Radio. It's a weekly behavior advice, education, podcast. Um, We do an information-rich blog and social media. Check that out on our website at catbehaviorsolutions.org. I also do virtual and in-home consultations if you're having problems with your cat or if you just need a checkup and to see how good of a cat mom or dad you are. I'm happy to come check your house out too and, and do that for you, either virtually through Skype or in your home. I do educational seminars in different communities and speaking engagements. And I'm going to do this as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. So if you'd like to help, keep us on the air, keep me on the road, going from consult to consult, please consider making a donation. You can find a link to donate to us. It is a nonprofit. It's all tax deductible at PayPal. And there's a PayPal button on our website. Again, that's catbehaviorsolutions.org. Any amount helps keep this information flowing to you free of charge. Today's episode, before we get to the episode, I want to invite my very special guest and co-host, not Dewey this week. We're giving Dewey the week off again. This week, my co-host is my mom. Her name is also Toby, by the way. DeVos, too. So, hi, Mom. Hi, Molly. I'm so happy to be here with you again. This is great fun. I love Cat Talk Radio for cat lovers and also for dog lovers who might want to know a little bit more about those other fur babies they could consider adopting. Yeah, as a matter of fact, last last week's episode, we did introducing the new dog to the cat household. And uh, and that was interesting. I had a, a trainer, mostly dog-oriented person on Quincy Sweeney at the Santa Fe Humane Society. She's the behavior director there. She joined me and we talked all about how to train dogs to not eat cat poop and not to chase the cat. It was a really good episode. So if you are one of those dog lovers like my mom, you should tune in to last week's episode and learn how to make your cat's life more enjoyable living with a dog. (laughs) Today I want to talk about something that I get asked a lot, and and it's an interesting question. People ask me, does my cat really love me? And I want to talk about that with you today. 
Well, that's going to be an interesting one because I think the easy answer is no. <laughs> I really love you because cats don't need you like dogs need you, uh, you know, to be accepting. But when people go adopt a cat, they want something that's cuddly and sweet and purrs in their lap. But it doesn't always work that way with cats. So are they really just aloof or not good at communicating how they feel? Kind of like guys. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> cats are like guys. That is true. They are a lot like guys. Mm-hmm. They uh, they pretty much want what they want when they want it, and they will only do what they need to do to get it. <laughs> <laughs> well put. But, you know, cats are cats are not very good at at communicating how they feel because. It, it's all more about them not wearing their heart on their sleeves like dogs do. You know, dogs are always like, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, I'm sad. I'm sad. You know, dogs are just transparent. You you can tell how they feel. And it's usually pretty right. And I think dogs have perhaps, this certainly isn't scientifically proven, but I think Dogs maybe have a broader spectrum of emotions than cats do. And one of the reasons is because, you know, cats are, are, are both predator and prey, which is different for dogs. You know, dogs are, are mostly all predators. So cats, and, and cats still have that 96% DNA linkage to their ancestors. So what they feel is very similar to what their ancestral cats feel, which is what's going to eat me next. And they have mm-hmm. predators in the air and they have predators on the ground. And not only are they prey and constantly worried about what's going to eat them next, but every other member of their species is a potential rival. They're like amazingly territorial. And every other cat they see and or, you know, happen to see outside or they live with or whatever is a potential rival for their space and their resources. So they're not very good about wearing their heart on their sleeves because it can make them vulnerable. So they don't. I always say cats have poker faces. So they really don't, um, they really don't, you know, communicate well. Well, the other thing that dogs have when it comes to expressing emotion, I just read something about this, is they have some particular muscles above their eyes, like eyebrows. So they're able to look questioningly. They are able to look, you know, express a little bit of anger. And cats don't have that. So it really is hard to read them. You know, I read read recently, I think it was, I think it was John Bradshaw, one of the uh, one of the experts in the behavior field said that cats mimic um, human expressions. And, you know, I had not heard that before because I'd heard dogs do. Dogs will absolutely, you know, they're pack animals, so they want to please you, thinking that you're the pack leader. And they do study your face very carefully, and they know when you're happy. And they watch those expressions, and they mimic them to please you. Mm-hmm. And And... I had heard just the opposite, that cats don't actually do that, that cats, you know, first of all, don't care a whole lot about pleasing you, (laughs) but don't have all those facial muscles. Now, you know, that being said, they certainly are expressionistic in a very subtle way, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, you know, when they're talking about, especially those eye muscles in a dog, you know, that really does mimic human types of, of, you know, behavior. But, you know, when you're talking about cats being both predator and prey, 
what can we look for to show that they really like us? Well, some of the things are auditory. So cats, um, cats have a noise that they make. You know, they don't they don't speak much to each other. But cats have uh, mom cats in particular have a, a a noise they make. We call it a trill or a chirrup, and they they make this sound when they return to their kittens. And that's a good way. You know, if your cat walks up to you and you know. And kind of has that little chirrup trill sound to you. That's a greeting, and that's a, a familiar greeting of a of a family and and affectionate because it's mom cat to kittens is when you when you hear that. So that's that could be a sign that they like you. The other thing is is purring. You know we're all we're all familiar with the cat that gets in our lap and cuddles up and you know is quite content and you're scratching its chin and it's and it's purring. And um, and and that can be a sign that a cat it, likes you. It can also simply mean that the cat is just really content with what you're doing or where it's at. And then purring can also be associated with pain. So, mm-hmm. and, and usually there are other signs, you know, that indicate a cat is in pain. But cats do purr when they're in pain. I think maybe partially to, you know, maybe make them feel better, trying to comfort themselves. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when you have that horrible stomach ache and you've got your knees tucked up to your chest and you're rolling around groaning. It, it, purring, I think, can become a <laughs> rolling around groaning for cats when they're in pain. But but purring can also be a I'm very content with you sign. That's a wonderful sign. But what happens when they just meow? You get that meow sign really, really loud. What does that mean? Well, that doesn't usually mean that they like you necessarily. That's more about they want something. And uh, usually it's food, of course. <laughs> um, you know, they vocalize in the wild with each other because they're solitary species. They don't have other cats around to talk to. So they haven't really developed a, a cat language. So they vocalize very little. And really, they, they think that they really learned vocalizations once humans started socializing with them. And they've, you know, the cats have learned it gets our attention. So when they when they meow, what do we do? We go, oh, honey, what do you want? And we start talking back to them. And it, it makes us pay attention to them. So, but usually it's trying to tell you, I, would you please feed me again? I'd like you to feed me again. How about now? How about food, now? Food. <laughs> well, what about their body language? Can you read anything from from that? Yeah, their body language tells us a lot. And my favorite part of a cat's body language is its tail because it's the most obvious. And I love, it's probably my, one of my most favorite things about my cat Tabasco is his tail. It was always, the vet used to tell me when he was a kitten, he said, that kitten's tail is two inches longer than it should be. If he grows into that tail, you're in trouble. <laughs> and his tail has always been really long. And it was kind of prehensile. Like when I pick him up, he wraps that tail around my waist and holds on to me. Um, but that tail tells us, a lot. So when a cat walks across the room and its tail is is down, you know, like almost dragging the floor, kind of like you see cheetahs walking, their tails are usually down. That means that that cat is cautious, maybe not feeling well, maybe frightened, certainly not um, not in a in a happy place. When the tail is straight up in the air, 
that's when a cat is really happy. And you can see it. A cat will walk across the room, usually with its tail about, you know, parallel or slightly lower to the floor, which is in a, a relaxed, natural tail place for a cat. And then you call it and it comes running over to you and it gets about three feet from you and boop, that tail goes straight up in the air and then it rubs against your ankles because that tail will tell you, this is something I like. And, hmm. and I've seen it all the time. I've seen cats walk along, tail goes up with some people. And if the tail doesn't go up, with some people, there might be some relationship issues going on there. So mm-hmm. the the tail, I think for body language, for me, the, the tail is the most telling. That kind of sounds kind of funny. The tail is telling. I should write a book on that. <laughs> telling, the, telling the tail. The tail tells the tail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm, it's not bad. Tail of the tail. Well, how about, you know, ears and eyes, too. Now, when we arrived, when Bob and I came, uh, Tabasco was lying on our bed, surprisingly, as like a greeting. But mostly he just laid there and his ears would pivot around and pay attention to everything we were doing. But then I know the eyes can be really communicative, too. And, you know, on Jackson Galaxy, Cat from Hell, there's that slow blink. And what does that mean? Yeah, we slow blink cats and kittens because when cats do it, it means that they they trust you. So a, a cat with closed eyes is very vulnerable. So, you know, the cats that are the most freaked out in the shelter and, and on high alert, their eyes are just wide open and they're they don't even look like they're blinking you know their eyes are just wide open staring at you so a cat that's relaxed and comfortable will blink real slowly almost like it's falling asleep or you're hypnotizing it so when we encounter a cat that's stressed we slow blink to it to to help show it I'm relaxed and trustful of you. You know, maybe that'll help you feel relaxed and trustful of me. But, um, but you know, that's hard. That's hard to see. It's not as easy to read. You know, with with the tail, like the tail going straight mm. up. But but certainly, if your cat's laying there and looking at you, and he's slow blinking you, that means that he trusts you. He absolutely trusts you. And mm. of course, ears. You know, ears become an important sign of communication when they're out to the side or flat back because, mm, you know, that position, means they're, yeah. yeah, they're really scared and frightened. I don't know that it has anything to do with how they feel about you other than maybe you're scaring the crap out of them <laughs> or, you know, something like that. But, you know, ears that are forward and facing you and listening to you because they're Mm -hmm. like little radar dishes like you said you know they rotate around Mm -hmm. so they can hear what's going on all around them so if they're forward and focused on on your voice and the slow blink you know those are good signs too yeah Hmm. well I feel like when Tabasco follows you around all the time that to me he's expressing affection but is that true Well, you know, he does. He's my little shadow, my little red shadow. And he absolutely follows me around like like while I'm in here doing the the radio recording. He'll start scratching at the door because I'm in here and he wants to be on this bed next to me. And I make sure 
that he has a place, comfortable place next to me wherever I am. He's not a cat that will curl up on my lap and let me pet him or even, you know, curl up on the couch right next to me. He'll get up on the couch, on on the back of the couch behind my head about 18 inches away. But, you know, he's never really been just a, I'm going to lay in your lap and hold me close, you know, kind of cat. But following around mm-hmm. usually means that he wants something. I mean, I would love to think that he follows me around because he adores me and he can't stand it when I get out of his sight. But in reality, <laughs> I think he just wants to make sure, you know, I don't leave because um, when I leave, he doesn't get his food on schedule, you know, and, you know, I feed him, as you know, like five or six times a day. So, you know, feeding is a very important ritual for cats and it's a very important bonding opportunity with cats. And so I think he follows me around (laughs) just to make (laughs) sure I don't sneak out. So then he has to worry about where's my next meal's going to come from. And, you know, there was a study that was shown that if you free feed cats, they are less affectionate. Now, I don't free feed and don't recommend free feeding cats because typically that means you're putting down dry food and you know, don't get me on my soapbox about dry food. There are plenty of other episodes to listen to about that. So we won't go there. Let's just say free feeding isn't good nutritionally for a host of other reasons, but it's also not good for helping your cat be more affectionate. So if you want your cat to be more affectionate and to love you more, stop free feeding and go to a feeding schedule where you're feeding them little tiny amounts throughout the day that works with your schedule. That will make them more affectionate. And it might make them follow you around more. Who knows? That's right. Keep them, keep them hungry. <laughs> but, but really, you know, I think, really, uh, I think he just, you know, I, I, I think he does it because he, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to miss his next meal. I think that's the main well, thing. That might be it. But, you know, I think he loves you because we've been here uh, at times when you have left and we're still here. And he actually not, he doesn't display separation anxiety like dogs will, where they just kind of freak out. But he, you know, he'll meow a little bit. He watches the door. Um, he obviously misses you. And it may be all for those practical reasons about food. But you know what? I really think he loves you. <laughs> well. I hope so. I mean, I think I think that's what everybody hopes. And I think that, too, is why, you know, why it inspired this episode is, you know, I think that's a that's a human desire. We all want our animals to love us. I mean, that's why we got them, right? It's not like your spouse or your friends where all of that can feel really conditional at times. You know, your cat or your dog pretty much loves you no matter what. I mean... Mm-hmm. Dogs for sure, cats maybe not. You know, it's probably a little more conditional with cats for food, than, <laughs> right? Than dogs, but you know, I I think he's attached to me because I'm his provider, because he gets the things he needs from me. He gets enrichment from me. He gets playtime from me. He has fun with me. You know, I feed him. I clean his litter box. I do the things that he wants. And therefore, 
he wants to make sure I don't get too far out of sight because <laughs> that's his lifeline. <laughs> he really has trouble cleaning his own litter box, that's for sure. <laughs> I have to work on training him that. I know, that would be good. <laughs> Let me good. get my clicker. <laughs> now, I've also, I've also seen him head, headbutt you and, you know, rubbing on your ankles. Now, that kind of, you know, that looks like love. But what are they really doing? Yeah, it's it. We all think it's love because it's like, it's like oh, I'm cuddling with you. You know, I'm rubbing up against you and cuddling. But really, that's something that cats do to deposit their scent. It's an ownership thing. So it's about, uh, it's called bunting too. And it and this is about putting their pheromones, which are usually located in their cheeks. They have glands there. They also have them on the flanks and between their toes. So when they rub up against you like that, they're leaving their scent and a lot of hair and a lot of times, but <laughs> leaving their <laughs> scent on you. And that's saying, "I'm you, this is mine. This belongs to me. Because that's what they do in the wild, in their territory. They go rub up against all the things that are in their territory so that it's theirs. It's kind of like, you know, like when they spray paint things orange, you know, that they're getting ready to save this tree that day, spray paint everything. It's kind of like that. They're marking this is mine, this is mine, this smells like me. Because when something doesn't smell like them, well, that's that's when, you know, things go all haywire. So, mm. you know, and they do it to the walls, the corners of your walls. You see those little black smudgy marks. By the way, magic erasers do a great job in getting <laughs> that off. And they'll do it on furniture. They'll do it on anything in the house because it's a territorial gesture, you know, Um you know, cats Cats can be very affectionate, and they can act like they love us. But when they really love us is, is how we make them feel, and especially in feeding them. So, again, like we were talking about dogs, dogs love you and will show those emotions because they want to please you because they see you as a pack leader. And to them, keeping that relationship status in in check and everybody knowing where they're supposed to be and that kind of thing is very important to dogs. Not so with cats. So if cats are, you know, if if we're petting them and they like that and they realize that when they rub up against your leg, you reach down and pet them and they like being petted, they think they've trained you to make them feel good. <laughs> so they rub up against your leg in anticipation of being petted. So at, at the motivation, I think, is a little different. Not saying they don't love you, but let's just say they love the way you make them feel. Mm. Well, how's that? How does that work when we see them sleeping with you? Because you're obviously not interacting with them at that point. What would that mean? Well, uh, that's a good question. That usually in the winter it can mean warmth. I mean, yeah. <laughs> pretty yeah. simply, Tabasco gets really friendly in the winter months, <laughs> especially as he's gotten older and he's gotten arthritis. He uh, he'll he'll cuddle much closer in the winter time and sleep much closer. But usually that's a sign of trust. You know, that's saying I trust you. Because again, in the wild, they don't sleep with other cats. You know, it's not like yeah. they all get in a pile and sleep. No, kittens will sleep with their mom or near their mom. But 
you know, the kittens aren't around but for a few months and then the mom kicks them out. So I really think it's more of a, of I trust you and I want to bond with you because you're the person that provides me the food and the things that I like that make me feel good. So I want to be near you and, you know, because I like the way you make me feel. I think yeah. that's really what they're saying. Well, then I've seen, I've seen um, Tabasco and other cats that you've had you know, kissing you, you know, kind of giving you licks and that kind of thing. Um, what what are they trying to tell you when they do that? Well, Tabasco, I, one of the behaviors that I've trained him is give me kisses. And I did that by, I would hold a treat, I'd have him up on an elevated surface, like on the top of a desk or something, and then hold the treat to his nose and then lure him closer and pull the treat towards my mouth and then right under my chin. Then I stuck my lips out there and I go, give me kisses until finally one day he he touched his lips to mine and then I gave him the treat. And then I kept reinforcing that. And then I turned that into give me French kisses and now he'll lick my lips. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) And I guarantee you he's not doing that because he loves me. It's not like when Dewey kisses me, you know. (laughs) He's he's doing it because he immediately gets a treat afterwards. So so that doesn't count. But but Blueberry, you know, Blueberry was a, a foster we just had. And and he's a good example. He would lick you a lot. You know, he'd lick, 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 which is funny because he wasn't much of a of an aloe groomer with Tabasco, you know. But I, I think when they lick us, it could be a multitude of reasons. Who knows? It could be that they're trying to groom you because aloe grooming is a, you know, a social thing they do with other cats. Um, it could be because you're salty and they like the taste of salt. Um, and But most importantly, it's probably because you react to it and you act like you like it. You know, if they lick you, you smile and you go, oh, that's so sweet. And then you start rubbing the side of their face and you start petting them and they go, oh, she must really like that because now she's petting me. Okay, I'm going to do that more because that makes her happy and she pets me. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the part about making you happy is when you're happy, then you, you know, will show affection towards them. So it's all coming back. It's all about them. Exactly. <laughs> all about them. Well, you know, every now and then, um, you know, Tabasco will bring in something from his catio, like a live mouse, or he'll snag a bird. But is that trying to, to display some kind of an affection? Well, you know, I do get asked that a lot. People tell me all the time, oh, my cat goes outside and it comes home and brings me presents. And like, they're not presents. <laughs> um, there's a there's some theories on, on why they bring prey inside. Um, one of them is that, you know, inside is a safe zone. That's, that's kind of their, they know that there's no other cats around that are going to get that prey. So they bring it inside to finish the kill and or eat it. Um, you know, there's another theory that like when cats inevitably get stuff in the middle of the night and then they bring it on the bed and they drop it. Sometimes it's not dead yet, which is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that they consider your bed to be their den, you know, cause mm-hmm. they do, they do sleep in dens for the most part. And, and it smells like them. And, and so your bed, especially if they sleep with you is 
is like a den, like a sleeping den to them. And so, uh, again, they bring it back there because that's a safe zone and that's where they would probably eat it. And then there's another theory that they're trying to teach you how to hunt because Hmm. they do mimic a lot of what their moms did and what they experienced as kittens. So the mom cat will bring the prey back to the kittens and then drop it you know, for them to play with it and kill it and and eat it. And she shows them how to do that. So mm. the cat just might be saying, you're a deadbeat and you need to hunt more. Here's how you do it. Look, here's what I want. There's a little mouse. That's what I'm talking about. Get with it, dude. <laughs> you only have to worry if they drag a gun in sometime. <laughs> Don't want to teach them how to hunt like that. Well, that, that's kind of a fun thought. It really is. But, you know, you know, cats are different. Some of them will show a lot of affection and some of them will be just distant, you know, and not do that. Um, why, what is this difference between them? Why are some and some not? That's true. Cats are very, very different. And, and as much as I generalize how they are and what they need and how they think and how they feel on the show, the, the reality is every cat is an individual, just like people. I mean, they do have some basic com- species commonalities. So there are definitely cats that are more affectionate than others. Um, breed plays a big role in that. You know, Bengals mm-hmm. tend to be bonded to one person, but they are not considered affectionate cats you know they don't typically they're not going to be lap cats they're at a distance arm length type cats but what a cat goes through during its sensitive developmental period from three to seven weeks as a kitten plays a big role in how they're going to develop emotionally and how affectionate they're going to be. So a cat that came from the streets with no uh, exposure or interaction to humans is going to be much less affectionate than a kitten that was raised, you know, say in a foster environment where it was handled a lot and with other kittens and with the mom because the mom cat teaches kittens what to think of humans. Hmm. So if you've got a a mom cat that's very friendly and you're interacting with the mom cat, those kittens are going to be much more social than if you're fostering a feral mom, you know, with Mm -hmm. kittens, you handle those kittens and and you get those kittens socialized, but they're still watching mom hits at you and recoil. And, and that too can play a big part on, on how affectionate a cat is. Hmm. And then, you know, there's other things that, that affect, how affectionate a cat is, environmental stress. You know, we inadvertently put a a lot of stress on cats and we don't even know it, you know, by not providing them all of the things that they need. And there's other episodes on, you know, environmental stress and, and providing the right environment for your cat and things like that that you should listen to because it's very important to keep environmental stress very low for cats if you want an affectionate cat. And then there's cats that, that suffer from overstimulation. And we're not really sure why. Some of that may go back to that developmental period, you know, things that, that did or didn't happen to them during that time. But there's cats that, you know, you you can get about four pets in or you can, you can cuddle with for about 30 seconds or a minute and then they're going to turn around and bite you. Or they're going to, you know, move away, ears back kind of thing. And that's not saying anything about you. That's just saying that that cat's uncomfortable 
with, you know, that amount of petting or that amount of affection from you and you need to honor that. So um, they are they are different and there's a lot of different things that that play into why they're one can be more affectionate yeah. than another. Well, is there anything that we can do to make our cat more affectionate? Yeah, uh, I guess there, I mean, we can't go back and change what happened to them as a kitten, obviously, but they do continue to learn throughout their lives uh, about people and how people treat them and, you know, trusting people and liking people and liking what people do for them, I should say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Right. You can, you can certainly lower the stress in the environment. You know, give them lots of high spaces. They really like to get up high, up over your head, away from you. That makes them feel safe. That says you honor my alone time and my space, which is very important to cats. You know, they need alone time. You'll notice they'll walk off and go sleep for a few hours because they need some alone time. And you need to honor that. So provide them with high spaces, lots of shelving to walk around up high. Um, prey play also reduces mm-hmm. stress for them. You know, that gives them the ability to, you know, stalk and, and hunt and catch and, and deliver that kill bite, which releases serotonin, which helps control their mood and their sleeping cycles. So that inevitably will make them feel better and, and more affectionate. And then, of course, you know, the big important thing you do to make cats more affectionate is you feed them. You know, <laughs> whoever feeds Food. them, right, is, <laughs> is likely to be the recipient of the most affection and treats, you know, not, not just meal times, but between meal treats. And, and usually if you engage them in teaching them a behavior, and I believe I've done an episode on, on clicker training cats and, and why you should do that. Um, it's hard to teach people to clicker train cats over a radio show. You really need to kind of see it happening. But And if you're in the Santa Fe or Dallas areas, I do hold clicker training classes from time to time. But clicker training is, a, is an excellent way to, to make cats bond with you because they love it because they think they're teaching you how to give them treats. <laughs> and so, again, it's this, it's this I'm going to do a behavior you think is cute, whether that's high five or sit when you tell me to or sit up, you know, those kinds of things. I'm going to do that because it makes you give me a treat. And I really like that part. So, <laughs> so you know, the, the best way is kind of, again, they're kind of like men. You know, the best way to a cat's heart is through its stomach. <laughs> How very true. And one thing that I witnessed today was Molly was showing me some tricks that Tabasco could do. And he's no spring chicken. So the old thing about can you teach a dog, old dog, new tricks? Well, let me tell you, I got to witness you can teach an old cat new tricks. You definitely can (laughs) as long as there's a treat at the end. That's right. Now, if if we try to cuddle with them more or show them more affection, does that get anywhere towards kind of increasing their attention to you? Well, it depends on on what you're doing because you've really got to honor what a cat likes and doesn't like in terms of where it likes to be touched, how it likes to be touched, how long you're touching it. You know, most cats universally side of the face, under the chin, top of the head, round the ears. Some of them like you to kind of take a knuckle and rub it inside the ear or even rub the ear between your index finger and your thumb. Um, Not all cats like you to 
to pet them from neck to tail. You know, some Hmm. do, some don't. And some that do, you know, maybe only like that twice and then they're done with that. And you can see those signs by the end of the tail starting to twitch. That's saying, okay, I want you to stop that now, please. So I think it depends on what they like. You know, if you can see, if your cat is leaning into you, and liking it and closing its eyes and purring and rubbing its head in your hand. That means it's probably really digging what you're doing. Whereas if you've got stiff legs pushing against you, like I do when I pick up Tabasco, he's like good for two seconds. And then I get the <laughs> stiff legs and I get away, get away, put me down. This isn't good. you know. <laughs> then he, he doesn't like that. So I try not to do that. Um, so I think it's, you know, it, it can, it, it can help. It just depends on what they like and how they're responding. So part of that difference in their little personalities come yeah. into play. Yeah. So basically, I think we all feel like dogs like us more. But that's because I think their ability to express that more, you know, through their facial expressions and that kind of thing. Because they will seem to um, do behaviors even if there is no food reward at the end that they will actually perform for that affection or for play you know which is is interesting but i think all of that goes back to the fact that dogs are needy they need a pack they need a little a a, re, a leader and they actually yeah. they need jobs dogs like jobs i think that's why border collies are so smart and so happy because they have jobs so mm-hmm. I think that's a big a big difference. So I think that's more than do they like us more. It's just a whole different relationship, don't you think? Well, yeah. I mean, dogs dogs will dogs really want to please us. Mm-hmm. So they will do things to make us happy, regardless of whether it makes them happy in the end. Where a cat is not likely to do anything that makes you happy that doesn't result in them getting their needs met. And it's just, you know, there have been scientific studies about this. You know, I have people that, that disagree with me and, you know, think I'm being just too harsh on cats and not giving them the benefit of the doubt. But I mean, they've, they've scientifically proven this, that, Mm -hmm. you know, cats are all about getting their needs met. And if you're meeting a cat's needs, then yeah, it's going to be more affectionate to you. And yeah, it's going to like you more because you're meeting its needs. You stop feeding it and you watch how much affection you get from that cat. (laughs) Not going to be any. Kind of like guys. (laughs) Right. Exactly. You know, to really do that. I guess in my mind, I picture that cat owners and cat lovers are probably much more secure as people because, you know, when you're looking for a pet like that, if you want a pet that's going to show you unconditional love, and we've seen that in dogs, you know, people will abuse them and leave them and yet they keep coming back for more, coming back for more. And a cat doesn't do that. So I think a cat will teach us more self-esteem and probably a little bit more personal security in our lives. So, you know. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, the the crazy cat ladies are certainly not depicted as the independent strong types, you know. No. <laughs> and and in reality, you know, it's true that that you know, you you accept what a cat has to give you in the relationship and and that's it. It might not be very much, you know. Right. 
Got to go in with no expectations. Right. Well, and that, well, we were talking about, you know, things that will maybe make a cat more affectionate. But what happens when a cat really turns against you? What, what, is, what do we do that will make a cat appear to hate us? Well, some of the things that, that humans do that are working against them to making a cat more affectionate is, you know, the biggest one is punishment. So I, I always ask on my intake forms for behavior consults, you know, what what's the problem and what have you done to try and correct it? And oftentimes I hear, you know, the common things that we associate with dogs. Well, I yell, I squirt them with a bottle. Some people say I boop them on the nose, you know, things like that. Well, that that can actually work way against you for, for making a cat like you more because you can't intimidate a cat into behavior, you know, subservient behavior like you can. Some, I mean, you can with dogs. It's not recommended. It's certainly not the, the training technique of preference. You want to always train with positive reward system. But they cats in particular will get will learn to be very afraid of you they're very sound sensitive and so when we yell at them or we rattle coins in a can that's really loud it, that's hurting their ears and it and it makes them afraid of us which isn't going to make them very affectionate to us so you know anything that's a scary association you know somebody moving too quickly walking too heavily kicking at the cat you know, anything like that that it experiences with humans mm-hmm. makes it trustless and and makes it more frightened. I mean, it's already kind of in a frightened state of mind naturally. So anything we do to contribute to that is is going to make them not like us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And again, you know, maybe this will encourage dog lovers to also be cat lovers and realize that a cat can round out your own personality in a in a positive way because it'll show you that being aggressive or ugly or a punishing kind of person just ain't going to work, you know, with a cat. Whereas with a dog, it seems like people can get away with punishing them and abusing them, and yet they keep coming back for more. And I think for some cruel-minded people that this is, this they think this is a good thing. And well, it's not. It's, yeah, and it and it is somewhat what happens in their pack hierarchy. Yeah. So you know they mm-hmm. they do bite and chase and intimidate one another mm-hmm. um, into submission. Where again, that's not in a cat's world at all. So right. any of that kind of treatment just makes a cat very very fearful mm-hmm. of humans and just flat doesn't work. Then the right. cat will leave you <laughs> at some point. <laughs> the cat will be leave a door open. I am so out <laughs> of here. Out of here. <laughs> and I th- so I think bottom line, not bottom bottom line yet on this show, but I think cats can make us better people. Yeah. So the real bottom line is, do you think that cats can really love their owners? Well, I don't want to be a wet blanket here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that, that yes, that cats can really appreciate the crap out of you. <laughs> but whether we're saying love, you know, love is a human emotion. And, and people like to anthropomorphize the way 
animals feel all the time. We put our emotions on animals, you know, and, and that can be a good thing, like love, you know, that's that's a good thing to say, you know, my cat loves me, that's, that's healthy. But it can also be a dangerous thing, because if you say my cat's really mad at me, it's trying to punish me, it's trying to get back at me, my cat's really angry with me, well, those are inappropriate emotions. Cats don't feel those emotions either, you know, so I think if you just pragmatically think about it, that this cat really, really, really is bonded to you because you are its lifeline, like a mother to a child, and you provide everything that this cat needs to live to survive. And they are really good little survivalists. Mm -hmm. So if you're providing the food, it loves the fact that you're providing the food. (laughs) And so it'll do things. To make you provide more food (laughs) or more scratching or more of the things that it enjoys, more getting that toy out and playing it. And they're very, very good. You know how dogs are, we've talked about, are real sensitive to watching our emotions and wanting to please us and mimic those. Well, cats are really, really good at watching how we respond to their behavior. So not because it pleases us, but if they come and rub you on your legs and you reach down and pet them in that spot you know they love, then they go, okay, I know that this triggers that response. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I want to be scratched right now. I'm going to go rub their legs, (laughs) you know. So I think in the end, it's really about what you do for them. And the more you do for them, the closer, more bonded relationship you're going to have with that animal because the more dependent and reliant it is on you, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, sure. Let's just go ahead and say, sure. Your cat loves you. (laughs) Wink, (laughs) wink. (laughs) Don't quit feeding it though. No, no. Whatever you do, don't quit feeding it. Stop free feeding it. It'll love you more. Stop free feeding it. (laughs) Well, this has been a great episode, Molly, and it's really made me appreciate cats more. Being a dog person makes me wonder if bringing a cat into my home will make me a better person. Are you ready? (laughs) I can get you a cat. (laughs) Let's get Dad Bob on board with this. We're getting you a cat. I'm not sure you could go that far. (laughs) (laughs) We could get a white fluffy cat. We'll look like a little white fluffy dog. He'll never know the difference. (laughs) Possible. Well, in closing, to wrap this up, if any of you out there have been helped by this information or any of these podcasts that Molly's done, and so many of them, feeding and health care, all kinds of things like that, they've just been a really wide variety of information that she's given on these podcasts. Or if you've gone out to the Cat Behavior Solutions blog, or if Molly's consulted with you, either on-site or virtually, we'd really love to hear the difference that it's made in your cat and your relationship with your cat. So why don't you, it would be wonderful if you would just drop an email to Molly at molly at cattalkradio.com. That would really be great. I love to hear from you. I, I got an email just this week from Amy Huff and her cat Opal telling me they had learned something from the show and, and how she'd implemented it. And it's making her life more rewarding with Opal and, and Opal, you know, actually becoming more affectionate and, and interactive. So I love to hear stories like that. Absolutely. Drop me a line anytime. Yeah. And so that wraps us up. Thanks for being with me today, Mom. 
Oh, I loved every minute of it. Thank you. And till next time, keep calm and purr on. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. 